Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us on today's show. We are joined by Dr. Joe Ness today. He is a full professor at the University of Brussels in Belgium. He is a physiotherapist and a manual therapist at the University of University Hospital of Brussels, holder of a chair on oncological physiotherapy funded by the Berkeley Academy in the Netherlands and a visiting professor at the University of Gothenburg, Sweden. Joe runs the Pain and Motion International and Interdisciplinary Research Group. Um, the link will be in the description. It's called paininmotion.be. The primary aim of his research is to improve care for patients with chronic pain. His career has been impressive. At the age of 47, he has co-authored more than 300 peer-reviewed publications, including papers in high-impact journals such as The Lancet. He has trained more than 3,000 clinicians and 101 courses held in 14 countries spread across four continents. Joe is ranked second in the world among chronic pain researchers and the first in Europe. He's ranked second in the world among musculoskeletal pain researchers, according to Expertscape.com. He has received a 2017 Excellence in Research Award from the JOSPT in the USA and the 2020 Frankie Collins Chair awarded by the University of Hasselt in Belgium. Dr. Joe, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello. So we ask everybody this, and as one of the people who we are recording, you know, you're going to be one of the last episodes uh, of our lineup. Um, we ask everybody this because we're really interested to know how they got into the field, what got to, to the place that they are in currently. So why did you choose physiotherapy and what made you stick around in the field of physiotherapy? To me, physiotherapy is still the, the most beautiful job in the world because uh, you tend to get really engaged in the rehabilitation, rehabilitation process of your patient. So you really uh, develop a, a, a connection with, with your patients and you are able to support them throughout the rehabilitation process and, and, and therefore you really can make the, the change in the patient's life and the patient's return to society, hopefully, and, and surely return to a better health. And that's a beautiful thing to do if you're, if you're intrinsically motivated to actually uh, support people and help people. Is that why you developed the concept of precision pain management? Well, Yes, partly yes, but for sure that's what I've previously said about my motivation to to uh, work in the field of rehabilitation uh, mm -hmm. fits perfectly and aligns perfectly with, with the topic of, of our, the session that we have at this Congress, which is uh, uh, targeting lifestyle uh, as a, a main driver, a main uh, perpetuator of uh, chronic pain and chronic fatigue and yeah. uh, supporting patients in uh, switching to a more healthy lifestyle uh, for sure uh, fits very well into what I was saying uh, just before. So can you provide and of course the, the... Of course. Sorry? Go on. 
and of course the idea of precision pain management uh, fits into the lifestyle idea because of course not all uh, lifestyle factors are relevant for all individual patients with chronic pain and or chronic fatigue for mm -hmm. each individual patient with chronic pain and chronic fatigue one needs to identify the relevant lifestyle factors for instance if if we uh, focus on one key lifestyle factor that is re potentially relevant to all patients with chronic pain and chronic fatigue is sleep sleep is key for uh, homeostatic me mechanisms in general but we see that only approximately one out of two patients with chronic pain actually has uh, a sleep uh, disorder and has difficulties falling and staying asleep and they do not uh, recover that well from a night of sleep because they have poor uh, sleep uh, habits etc and therefore that implies that of course, 50% of the population approximately actually has a normal and recovering sleep. And of course, in those patients, we do not need to support them in uh, improving their sleep. So that fits well into the subgrouping approach, which is advocated by uh, the precision medicine um, global movement. And when we apply this to pain management, of course, the precision pain management approach. So for our listeners who do not know yet, um, can you provide an overview of the concept of precision pain management? Well, precision pain management uh, implies that we do not uh, provide a one-size-fits-all uh, uh, approach to patients with uh, chronic pain. It implies that we individually tailor the treatments, but not purely on an individual basis, but that we also somehow develop subgroup of the populations. For instance, those having clear uh, and established diagnosed insomnia as a main perpetuator and underlying comorbidity, which is uh, key to address in the treatment. The same accounts for stress intolerance, stress intolerance, which is a major issue in many patients with chronic pain and chronic fatigue, but not all of them. I see patients that it's a minority of the, of the population, surely, but there are patients suffering from chronic pain who are actually doing pretty well in, in coping with everyday stressors and they're not stress intolerant at all. Again, it's a minority because the majority actually do suffer from massive stress intolerance and uh, many uh, scientific uh, uh, studies have shown uh, this uh, functioning of uh, stress coping strategies, uh, biological and, and psychological uh, stress coping strategies, that is. And we know uh, based on the scientific literature and, and the, the wealth of studies in that area that uh, improving their stress coping skills can actually have a major benefit for patients with chronic pain and chronic fatigue. But again, we need to identify those patients who actually potentially benefit from such approach and not all patients, not in a standardized way, but this will actually help. And the same is true for physical activity. Physical mm -hmm. activity, exercise therapy, is probably the most, uh, ex uh, most or the best studied ingredient of the multimodal lifestyle approach for people with chronic pain and chronic fatigue. But that doesn't imply that all patients with chronic pain and chronic fatigue actually need to grade their level of physical activity. Right. Instead, what we need to 
do is we need to tailor it to the individual. And this is done by identifying the activities during daily life that they have problems with. And then we see, do they actually present with avoidance behavior or persistence behavior? Because sometimes they actually persist activities and they somehow create this overactivity pattern of uh, physical activity behavior. And they, of course, need a different approach than the ones that are actually characterized by uh, avoidance behavior. And many patients do a mixture of both. And, and then we uh, individualize the treatment for each different activity. That's really interesting. And I was just going to chime in to say that, you know, I think I identify a little bit with both these behaviors. <laughs> so, um, but you've clearly laid out the challenges that clinicians face while addressing chronic pain, right? And it's a mix of um, psychological behaviors, um, psychosocial behaviors. Um, do you have any advice on mitigating these factors? Well, I can only um, try to motivate the, the listeners to actually uh, dig deeper into uh, the science out there because there is a massive number of scientific publications now uh, supporting the uh, the concept of focusing on a lifestyle approach for managing chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And, uh, and more and more trials are coming out now also with different types of combinations of multimodal lifestyle approaches for managing people with chronic pain and chronic fatigue in, in general. One particular advice that I would give is not to focus too much on the medical diagnosis because it's more a broader concept that can be implemented in a variety of patients with, with, with chronic pain. For instance, uh, many cancer survivors also benefit from a, a lifestyle, a multimodal lifestyle approach for managing their chronic pain and chronic fatigue that they often are faced with, even though they, they successfully completed cancer treatment. Same is true for osteoarthritis. The same is true for non-specific chronic pain problems such as neck pain, uh, low back pain, etc. So this lifestyle approach, multimodal lifestyle approach that we need to individually tailor to each individual patient actually applies to a very large number of patients suffering from chronic pain and chronic fatigue, regardless of the medical diagnosis, I would say. You're muted. I don't hear you. Thank you for pointing that out. I was saying that that was really helpful advice. Um, if you could point to one thing that has helped you in your physiotherapy practice, um, would you be able to name that one thing? Well, the one thing that I would mention here is to look at the patient's belief, beliefs. And if we thoroughly question our patients about their beliefs, about their health problem, about the way they think it's best to treat it, to cope with it, uh, what they think they need, then if you do that, it's very also, to me, it's always very interesting. It's inspiring to learn exactly what's in the mind of my patients. And from there, you can really connect with your patients. Uh, 
And if you do that really thoroughly, then you also instantaneously, nearly automatically, will account for many of the barriers that patients will face when they want to change their lifestyle because changing their lifestyle even for only one lifestyle factor such as sleep stress or physical activity it's a massive behavioral change that's right and we need to engage our patients in doing so and we can only do that when we will actually align with their beliefs or if we invest time and energy to actually change their beliefs broaden their beliefs to a more evidence-based thinking and understanding of their condition. And that takes time, but it's worthwhile because it will pay off in the end because it will greatly increase the odds that the patient will change their behavior to more a more adaptive, healthier lifestyle. Now I'm really looking forward to your virtual workshop that you're conducting at the conference. Um, for listeners who are interested in attending the seminar, what are key takeaways or actionable insights they can expect to gain from your workshop? Well, that uh, lifestyle factors uh, are key for managing and understanding chronic pain and chronic fatigue, obviously, and that more and more evidence supports such a lifestyle approach for managing chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And also, and that's also included in the lecture from Jolene Hendricks, that epigenetic mechanisms increase our understanding and provide an additional layer of understanding to the links between chronic pain and chronic fatigue on the one hand and all those lifestyle factors. And so it's not such a pure uh, behavioral approach. Well, the behavioral approach in itself holds potential to actually change the underlying biological mechanisms. And that's really exciting to see that 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 addressing uh, the lifestyle of patients can actually potentially benefit not only the patient, but only, uh, but, but also at the level of the genes and at least the epigenome. So the epigenetic changes that are occurring throughout our life, uh, they actually are the result of how our body and our patient's body is exposed to lifestyle and environmental factors. So this greatly also boost the scientific nature of a multimodal lifestyle approach for managing chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And this is an exciting area to follow in the near future because there's much work going on in this area and this will have a, a very positive impact on uh, healthcare in general and especially healthcare for people with chronic pain and chronic fatigue, I anticipate. Definitely. And your work is very valuable. Thank you for coming to the conference. And for doing this workshop for all of us, I'm looking to gain a lot from it. Uh, and thank you for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye. Bye.